Over. Clap here. One Just more time for you. Clap, clap, clap for me. One is separate claps. All right. And one for me. One for Will. Let's all get the clap. <laughs> Sorry, that was so 10 years ago for me, but... <laughs> Do you need ointment to clear up the clap? I have no idea. I've never had the clap. I, I just don't clap. even know what the clap is. I just clapped then. Chlamydia. Chlamydia. Okay, okay. Great. I'm, I'm, it's a good start, I'd say. It's a it's good great start. start. Let's launch right into it. Well, I really do need to clarify these questions. Well, my rash just cleared up, so I feel <laughs> much better. Also, in your introduction, make sure you say the name of the show. Of course I will. Thank you. Thank you so much for, Thanks, for coming, sir. sir. Thank uh, you. All right. Shall we do it? Let's do it. Good day to you all, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here at Extraordinary Alien. I'm so grateful that you would choose to lend your eyes or your ears to, to this show. I'm Therese Livingston, your host, and I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest, another extraordinary alien from Australia. So we met in the early 90s. We were just babies then. Not true, actually. We were very much old enough to be out causing all kinds of tr trouble all over Sydney. I know because I saw you in the early hours. More me causing trouble than you, I think. <laughs> uh, we actually met initially because I started dating one of his best friends at the time. And at that time, I really did have not have any idea what a lifelong friendship I would force you to endure or what a powerhouse of creativity and can do that this man truly embodies. He is quite literally a force of nature. I've seen it. I've seen it bend to his will. This clever alien has been and done many, many great things in his long career of making beautiful things. Uh, he grew up on a farm to start with. He's been a sculptor, an art director in advertising, photographer, a damn good one. A blogger, a director, a mindful architect, an interior designer, a philanthropist, a humanitarian. It goes on and on. He's the creator of five successful photography books. He's raised millions of dollars to affect real, tangible, positive change in the world for wonderful causes like HIV, AIDS and teen sex education in the United States. He's photographed the likes of Jane Fonda, Helen Mirren, Hugh Jackman, Elle McPherson, Carly Kloss and created campaigns for massive companies like Donna Karen, Givenchy, Givenchy, however you say that French way, Givenchy, Givenchy, Givenchy. Uh, Hugo Boss, L'Oreal. I mean, you know, we've all heard of all of those names. My delightful guest is not only handsome, he's witty, he's sharp as a tack, he's got a terrific laugh, and he is literally the life of the party. He's a proud Aussie and one of my dear, dear friends. Please welcome James Houston, extraordinary alien. <laughs> wow. I wasn't, exp you know, it's funny. I think still being Australian, um, it, you know, any t any kind of compliment is embarrassing. So <laughs> I, I feel overwhelmed and I'm so happy to be here. You're blushing. With you. No, I am blushing. Um, but I'm so happy to be here with you. you I'm know, thrilled you're here. I love you very much, here. Teresa. And, you know, it's it's always great to see you. You say my name so well, <laughs> Teresa. 
I love that. It's good. Hi. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to have you here because, of course, the show was called Extraordinary Alien. And, you know, I knew that you were a very worthwhile guest, but it's really fun to, like, Google search you and find out all the truly amazing, wonderful things that I never even had a clue about. You're remarkable. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Um, You know, I think it's just, it's funny. I think we often, and I don't know if this is because we are Australians or just because of the way we are in terms of being creative and trying to do things with our life, but you forget a lot of the stuff that you've accomplished and you're always sort of thinking, but what am I accomplishing now? And what am I, what's next for me? And if, if that's not exactly happening for you at that time, it can often influence, often influence how you're feeling day to day. And, you know, and it's just, you know, it's like, it's like yourself as well. When I first met you, you were on Agro's Cartoon Connection. An Australian TV show for kids. An Australian TV show for kids with a puppet. That was really funny. (laughs) It was funny. And um, I still get a kick out of Googling that stuff. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you know, it's the same thing with you. And, you know, you've you've gone on to achieve great things and team up with an amazing partner in life. And I mean... Will Travail. We do have um, a tendency to forget the past and think, oh, my God, but things aren't maybe happening the way that I think they should be for me right now. So I'm a failure. You know, that's just part of, I think, part of our lives, part of being human, part of being Australian. You know, we're very self-critical, I think. You know, Americans are much better at the, I'm amazing and let me tell you why. Do you think that, uh, I mean, I find that a lot with just human beings. We're getting right down to the deep stuff straight away. I find that <laughs> with human beings in general, though, you know, the the lack of being able to reward yourself for even the small things along the way because it seems very large windows of flat moments where you're wondering what the f am i doing how do i find my creative thread do you find that you've had long windows of that and how did you get out of it oh god i mean you know (laughs) talk about a roller coaster ride i mean you know i think that you know i was i was i remember being a young kid growing up coming to terms of being gay and thinking about like how old were you then you know i was uh well in my teens i was sort of you know uh just starting to think that maybe i was different but you know i'm you know, I was born in 65. So for me, like, you know, it wasn't really a consideration. No. You know, so growing up, you know, as a young person, going to a Catholic all-boys boarding school. Jeez, hello, that'll do it to you. Buckle up. <laughs> Burning hell, motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then, you know, just dating girls till I was like 25. And then my last girlfriend's name was Gay, G-A-Y-E. Oh, jeez. And then it ended up, you know, coming to America, marrying a dude. And now he's having a baby with my sister. That's going to be born in Las Vegas, so shit's getting real. Oh, my God. But, um, no, I think these long periods <laughs> of, you know, just trying to find yourself or, you know, I think as a creative person as well, we, we take things very personally. It's not just about a paycheck. It's more about, like, doing something where I feel like I'm contributing, I'm creating something cool, I enjoy what I'm doing, I'm working with good people. People are sort of acknowledging the fact that I'm doing work that they are inspired by. All those things come to play. But I think definitely there's been long periods of just challenge where you have to really just, I, I, I say you have to sort of reinvest back into the spiritual process of your own self-development. So did you get your head in the right space? Because really, when you break it down, we live in a vibrational reality. This, this reality we're experiencing day to day isn't real. It's our interpretation of vibration. And yeah. so many people I agree with that. don't really understand enough about the quantum physics of our world. And I know this is quite deep, but it's really the the simple thing is like um, Napoleon Hill's uh, great book, Think and Grow Rich. 
Mm-hmm. You know, think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Esther Hicks's amazing book, you know, Ask and It Is Given. I love Abraham Ask Hicks. and It Is Given. I mean, the titles of these books are so simple, yet they give you all the answers in the title. It's like yeah. if your head's in the right space, you know, in the right place, you can actually really connect with and manifest and enjoy the life that you really want to be living. But we get off track. We get out of our hearts and into our heads and screw it up. We get <laughs> overwhelmed, I think, because I think, like yeah. you say, it's if you could, we could just get out of our own way and realize that it really is as simple as just turning the next page and thinking something different, everything falls into place. But we're such intricate creatures in our mind. We really think we have to work so hard and it's fucking annoying to think that it should be just honestly and at a cellular level switch your thinking and it's solved. Well, that's the thing is the reality is that it's not as hard as we, we, we make it difficult. <laughs> You know, I've been fortunate enough uh, to be able to also experiment with um, plant medicine. I did ayahuasca in Costa Rica and I've done cambo and bufo, which are, for those of you who don't know what they are, they're basically um, plant medicines, which are medicines derived from plants that are used by um, Amazon uh, tribes in the Amazon and various people to really allow themselves to um, heal and to grow spiritually. And in doing those those hallucinogenic sort of plant medicines you really start to connect with you know um the the real fabric the the, the fabric of who you really are as a human being and the fact that we are all connected as beings not just us as human beings but also to nature to the earth and to the universe and we are all part of this you know amazing web of Mm. of life and vibration and we whenever whenever i've done those things Life becomes so simple. The mm. answers are so goddamn simple. And mm. then we get back in our human heads and we screw it all up. Yeah. You know, so I, I love I love the fact that I've been able to experience those those things in my life um, on my spiritual quest as, yeah. a, as a human being um, to sort of understand how it really works and reminding myself every single day, trust the process and allow the good stuff in. It's really that simple. And it is the practice too. I mean, yoga's yeah. a practice, but meditation's a practice, the practice of tapping. I know you do, yeah, you know, emotional, emotional freedom, freedom technique. technique. Snap. Snap. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, look, the reality is, is that a lot of people put a lot of work into their bodies, going to the gym, they train like, you know, five days a week, they train at the gym, like, you know, and then they go like, if it's like Zumba, it's a hike sure. or some other stuff, sure. you know, when we live in LA, hello. <laughs> But, you know, I think the reality is, is that, you know, you have to put as much effort into your own personal growth. Not your every- mind needs exercise. Your mind. But not everybody feels that calling. I don't believe that everybody feels that calling. And it's not to say that I'm better than somebody else in that respect. It's more about some people just don't feel the need to explore those areas. You know, they're much simpler. They run simpler and they have simpler lives. But I think I'm, I think I'm just running a bit more complex than yes. the average. Do you know what I mean? I think it's also about um, exposure as well and the people who are around you. Like we've been very fortunate and blessed as, you know, artists and, you know, traveling the world, even you more so, to be exposed to people who have a, you know, a higher level of access to to creativity and new thought processes and all that psychedelic-y kind of of stuff, whether it is through drugs or just, you know – you know, contact. But these people, a lot of people don't ever meet these mentors or ever meet anyone yeah. like this. How could you see it? How could you know what you don't know? Um, yeah. And I wonder if later on in later on in life, when it's when you know, because it's never too late, maybe they would meet someone and go, Wah. Well, I always say that it's you know, it's always good if you can sort of start that journey at a younger age. Yeah. Because you know, like I know 
myself, my father, you know, when my mother passed away, my dad sort of like started to ask questions that are like, you know, around death and, and how things work. And For the first time? You know, for the first time, you know, and he was in his, you know, mid-70s. Damn. And to begin those asking those questions at that age, I mean, look, it's whenever it's right for somebody is the right time. Sure. But I just sort of thought, wow, it's taken me, you know, like, oh, wow, 30 years to, to sort of get to the probably probably more like 40 years to get to this place now where I feel like I have an understanding yeah. of it I mean I don't use it unfortunately don't embrace it every single day uh, but you know, you know I got my you, hand up but you know what I'm saying like we we often forget we get off track sure but I do know how this works and I do know how to get myself back into the right mind space so if something comes up whether you're working you know on a project or just you know someone cuts you off in traffic do you have a, a trigger that you use that's like Fuck that shit off. Let's like crack it right back into sauce. No, I have a gun to shoot that motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't really. Um, no, I have a big long stick. Um, <laughs> that you poke yourself with? No, you know what? Look, I, I, uh, I, I'm sort of a bit, I, I've, I, you know, and it's funny, just of late, the one emotion I've been experiencing more of is anger. Damn anger it. and frustration. I know, I hear you. You know, and it's just like, you know, and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to really get pissed off. Um, because I think it's not realistic to, to be this Om Shanti person that never It's bullshit. Says, you cannot you know, do you that unless you go that. live in a cave in India. Yeah, and look, do I regret some of the reactions I have to certain things? Sure, you know. Um, yeah. And then I just, okay, I'll try and not do that tomorrow. But, right. you know, look, we nobody's perfect. And what's, look, at 54, I'm turning 54 this year, and what I've realized is that, it doesn't end. This journey doesn't get doesn't end. You don't get to this one place of like ah uh, this <laughs> kumbaya moment where like you know everything just makes it's, sense yeah, and there's a, all of a sudden there's a halo over my head and a cloud <laughs> that just follows me around with Mine sunshine. Just chokes me. You know, so it's just you know it's it's constant. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a it's a journey. I mean, I I see. I look at you and think you're a lot more of a calm, happy person than I am. I'm a you know, dick. So I can funny. be such a dick. But isn't it funny I how threatened to stab someone perception... in the throat not so long ago. Well, I, have... I mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. There's no reason why those reactions should come out. But you do. You're angry and your fury yeah. and your sense of being, you know, injustice. I just want to fucking freak yeah. out. But that's not who I – it's who I am. But it's not my best self, that's for sure. Yeah. No, look, you know what? And I said, you know, be be your own champion, be your own best supporter, yes. because we tend to sort of get really hard on ourselves and judge ourselves. I think that one of the things that's important to remember is like, you know, you're supposed to be your own best fan, you know, your, your, you know, your own best support. And if it's oh, like, fuck. just sort of just, you know, and as I said, I think also being that we're from Australia, we tend to be self-critical and, yes. and not enough self-support. The underdog. Know? And so I think, I think it's really, yeah, it's true. We need to really make sure we're being good to ourselves and just to be kind to ourselves, you know. Has that changed at all? I mean, when you haven't lived in Australia for how long? Uh, 20 years. Fuck, 19. Yeah, I lived in America. I lived in New York for 18 years and I've been here in Los Angeles for just over two. Are you ever going to go home? Um, well, I still call Australia home. Same. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know what? I have a plan. Where, where I'm having a baby at the end of this year. It's my sister's eggs. Yes. My, who, she came over here two and a half years ago and donated eggs for yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. And my husband's sperm. And the, ironically enough, this process isn't legal in Australia. Yes. So she came over to Los Angeles. We had the uh, transfer of the eggs. And then he's going to be – and then he did the transfer. Yes. Um, and, then, uh, if, and then they basically created um, – 
embryos. So we had 10 embryos. And when they did the testing of the health of the embryos, two of them were really viable. Great. So we had a boy and a girl. And then we basically uh, chose a surrogate. Oh, the, you fertilized both? No, no. We've only just used one of them. We fertilized two embryos. We have, we have a boy and a girl in the fridge in the valley. <laughs> and next to a bottle of vodka. And <laughs> and um, and then we basically put one in. We, we don't know which one it was. We just put one into the surrogate, yes. um, and which was four months ago. So you were four months pregnant. So we're four months pregnant. I don't look that big, though. No, you look great, And um, so then we – and this December we'll have a baby. So wow. that's just the weirdest thing ever. I mean, I can't even tell you how weird that is. But anyway, so that's happening. And, um, you know, it's such an amazing – Life is an amazing thing when you sort of like just roll with the punches and just know that you are where you're meant to be right now and just to trust that this process is, is really just bringing good stuff to you in whatever form. Mm. Even though like <clears throat> the last five years has been more challenging, you know, for us because we made the move from one place to another from place. New York and to from New York Angeles. to Los Angeles. And are you regretting that move in any way? No, okay, I, I, yeah. I don't regret it at all. Um, and, you know, to your point about going back to Australia, I would my dream would be to send our kid to high school in Australia. You Education know. for sure there is beating Yeah, so maybe up down. living up near Lennox Head, Byron Bay, oh. you know, going to sort of send this kid to school up there somewhere and just, just really just... Fancy pants. Something like that. Oh, I, mean, I don't know about fancy pants. but Lennox Head's like, that used to be like a... Well, my a sister crappy little, there. you know, I'm a Gold Coast girl, so oh, okay. we'd like pop on down yeah. to like Lennox Head, have a swim, like deserto, and now it's like the fancy place to be. Yeah, you know what? I think that, look, everywhere is I changing and evolving. I've heard. You know, everywhere is changing and evolving, and I think ultimately, like, you can still get something really reasonably priced in the hinterland. Oh, it's beautiful you know, up And there. it's really gorgeous. And just, just to be able to think about taking it down a notch, because, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll be <laughs> by, by that stage, it's so true. I'm not going to want to keep lombardering forever and i and i think <laughs> living overseas is awesome but you know i think australia there's so many amazing things and incredible yeah. things about that country that i just love do you also think too i don't know if this is true but you and i were both born and raised in the country yes. right animals and horses and cows and i know standing you know speaking for my behalf but i feel like that you always want to go back to that i couldn't wait to get out and now i'm almost like hankering to get back I'm definitely, you know, I, I, well, my dad had a pub in in Burke in the outback. Really, so I, I had a pet kangaroo the whole shebang. <gasps> so, um, what was your was kangaroo's name? Joey. So original. Oh wow! I was the only white kid in a preschool full of Aboriginal kids. Really? Yeah. What was that like? And well, it, that would it was actually an experiment to see if my Western ways would would actually influence. Who who was your experimenter? Uh, that the school was doing it. Oh. And so they asked if I would my parents if if I would come and go to school in that school and the whole thing and, you know, I ended up you know, wearing no shoes and getting a kangaroo. So maybe I was influenced by, by them. But good. Yeah. I, I, I love the experience of growing up in the outback. Things are very simple. And, and I think you're right. As I've gotten older, I, you know, especially after spending 18 years in New York City, which is probably the, the most intense full energy on. you'll experience I in only your spent life. four and that was r- yeah, rough enough. Full on. And, um, and I, I'm just really connected. I really love being spending time in nature yeah. and really focusing on very simple things. Yeah. You realize you don't need a lot. So to that point, I noticed that your your art, and I have always known this for the many years that we've known each other, but mm. the more you like Google it and have a look at all of your stuff, like nature and its form and its shape and its texture um, plays such a big part in your concepts. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like how, how do you find it, it inspires you and how do you find it uh, transforms or, or it comes across to the viewer? 
Well, you know, it's, I think um, when I was at school, I uh, was, I managed to get into, and, and like neither of my parents are artistic at all. I was going to, I went to, I was going to be a dentist because I thought that's what my parents wanted because I always had good teeth. <laughs> so um, <sighs> I went to sc- I went to work experience as a dentist for four days and I'm like, after that, I'm like, uh-uh. no way, Jose. Like, that's not going to happen. Um. So I basically went on and I, w- I discovered ceramic, uh, ceramic sculpture work and, uh. and doing, you know, pottery and all that sort of stuff. And I ended up uh, doing these major works and got uh, awarded first in the state for art for New South Wales. And I went to art college um, to pursue that sort of field and then, um, you know, I realized after being in art college for a short amount of time, everyone was just cracked out of their heads. And I thought, there's no way that I'm going to, this isn't going to work for me. You're I, not going to survive. I, I just needed to, I had more of a business mind. I wanted to actually think, well, I'm not going to ma- ever make any money doing this. I'm like, I just, because this is a long time ago. So I'm like, well, this is just doesn't make sense. So I decided to, you know, move on. And, um, you know, I ended up traveling, getting into photography and, you know, but, to your point about nature, nature has always been an inspiration for me, whether it's a sculptural form. I did a book on bodies and landscape, which is body, the human body incorporated with natural landscapes, which I thought is really beautiful. Natural beauty, is that the book you did? Uh, it's called Raw. Oh, Raw, okay. And then, um, and then, I, did, I've done, then I did two books on dances um, with the Australian companies and then also with the American companies. And, you know, I've always loved natural forms, mm. uh, whether they're for, whether they're in nature, whether they're actually a, a sculptural forms. And I think as well, as I've gotten older, I sort of, even though all my books, earlier books were in black and white, yeah. I sort of, something changed in me. I think I'm sure it has a lot to do with myself spiritually and becoming a happier person in myself. Gotcha. I did a book in color, you know, mm. which was my last book called um, Natural Beauty, mm. which is, uh, basically incorporating a lot of the top models in the world, a lot of big celebrities to raise money for um, a global green. And uh, I incorporated nature was the inspiration, incorporated with a lot of the images and, and basically is inspiration for a lot of the pictures mm. and themes for the photo shoots. But, you know, I, um, I've i really just sort of become much more, I guess, connected to colour in my photography work and also my homes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's just because it's, it's, it's becoming a happier person and, and, and nature is always... Uh, is something that I've always looked at as not only as an inspiration, but also as a place to really just relax and chill out. You know, well, it does that thing to your brain that we're trying to find with tapping and meditation. Yeah. Like it just takes you right back to, right, just that breath. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. It's so simple, and that the the beautiful thing is that's also free. You know, we can <laughs> yeah. you know we can go for a well, hike. some parks are quite expensive. Yeah, well, we can go for a hike, <laughs> or we can drive to the beach, yeah. you know, we can just experience those things. And it's funny how just walking along a beach will just really just put you in a, oh in a, in a, in a really great place mm. to think about life and get some clarity. Yeah, uh, I find the same thing in nature. I'll often just sometimes if I'm feeling pretty strung out, I used to do this all the time in New York, mm. just, just go for a walk of gratitude where I just walk through a park or whatever and I just say I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for this, yep. I'm grateful for my legs, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm, I'm healthy, I'm grateful for the fact that I have a dog. Mm. You know, just just to be able to sort of just to focus on gratitude mm. while you're walking in nature is extremely powerful. Mm. You know, I'm not, I've, I've been meditating since I was in my 20s, but I've never really been one of those meditators that was able to sort of sit there and just have a quiet mind and, and just go, you know, with a mantra. Sure. I, I tend to work better with, with um, like a guided track or with noise sound yeah. in my ears or something like that, whether sure. it's, you know, hollow sync, which is a vibrational, yeah. you know, like frequency. binaural beats. 
Yes. Yeah. So I tend to do better with that stuff because my mind's just always racing. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to do. Like I teach a lot of yoga and meditation and people's perception of what they think meditation should be is that they should be able to sit down and go boom and have a a blank screen. And that's just not humanly possible. Like to start with observation and understand how swingy your mind is like it's like a monkey in the jungle it's like whoop whoop from one to the next to the next like it's uh it's very rewarding when you can separate yourself from it and kind of just let it go by without affecting you that way i think meditation is a wonderful tool i'm so happy they're starting to teach it in schools well you know what it's like i i i know when i I know when I'm not doing it, how I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh like if gosh, I'm not it's... doing it, I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, you, okay. you're being an arsehole. Yeah, I threatened just... to stab someone in the throat. Yeah. It's probably when I missed my meditation for a week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's true. Um, when you're working with artists, because mm-hmm. you would would do that a lot, you're the photographer, but there was a lovely quote, actually. This is what I wanted to say. There was a lovely quote that you said in one of your um, web series Oh, and you said, get as many partners and supporters as you can because it makes your job a hell of a lot easier. Then you can stick to what you really love to do and focus on and let other people do what they're good at. So as a leader, like you're the, you're the boss, you're the director, you're the guy mm. who's, you know, got the vision. But I, I think you've always been a person who is very skilled at being able to uh, guide but not overbear. Um, and how do you find or how do you highlight and nurture uh, artists and their talent around you in order for you to all work together in a combination of creating this thing that's even beyond your first expectation. Mm. You know what? It's funny you, you, funny that you picked on that point because if more people understood this, there'd be more – people would, would achieve more success in their careers. They, they just would. If you're a creative person or an artist trying to do something creative. Um, I've always said that, you know, and it's funny um, – I've got a friend of mine in New York who is a film director. He used to be a physical therapist and he wanted he was wanted to get into films and he was like making any you know, he's one of those old school Italian guys, so he sort of just was dealing with a lot of self worth issues from his parents and, you know, belief that was he good enough, all that oh, sort of stuff. Yeah. So That's he was stuff. sort of like went out there and he was like making films for five hundred dollars and, you know, like he was making these films for five hundred bucks, the whole thing and you know, working with all of his friends and stuff that weren't that great. <laughs> and I said, I said, um, and, and I like, I've always been fortunate. I will try and work with the best people I can because they make me look good and they make my job really easy. Okay. I'm not that technical, but I have great technical assistance. I just know what looks right and what doesn't look right. And I can tell them what's not working and why, but I don't necessarily know how to adjust certain things. Like I can tell you why why somebody's makeup isn't working. I can tell you why someone's hair isn't working. I can tell you why the lighting isn't right. How? And because it's just it's an, an eye you that you it? develop. No, it's an eye that you develop. It's like anything. It's like ultimately, if you if you're cooking and you make and you're making it, you know, a particular recipe, and you're looking at something, you think, no, this isn't right yet, you know. Yep. Or if you if you if you're frosting a cake, like this is how I'm doing it because it just looks right. Right. You know, if you're in a garden and you're pruning a tree, like, you know, you may prune it to somebody differently because that looks right to you. Yeah. You know, it's always your interpretation of what, what is beautiful or what you see as being the creative result that you want. But to the point, my friend, I said, look, I said, honestly, I work with the best people I can because they make me look good. I said, stop working with, stop working with people who make you look bad. I said, you should be working with everybody else that's better than you. I said, mm. there are so many actors out there in the world 
that are very, very successful, even though they're not exactly the most talented, but they're able to put people around them that make them look great, that direct them well, that make them look, you know, that, that make them sort of like style well, all those things that, you know, or they've talked to somebody about like, well, what, how should my career be going or what script should I be reading or whatever? And it's the same thing with photography. Like if I'm working with an amazing, like a, a, a phenomenal model, you don't have to put, you know, you don't have to tell Christy Challington what to do. She'll just do it because she, she knows what she's doing. She, as long as she knows that you've got your light right, she, she'll let you just, she'll just turn it on for you. And um, it's you their know, art. That's their it's, creativity. It's their creativity. You want to and you want to work with them and, and support them. And you know the same thing with uh, makeup artists who are their own incredible art form stylists. And my job is really you know as a photographer in particular is more of sort of like it's a I'm I'm a producer, a therapist, a, <laughs> a life coach. Um, I am a I sort of like somebody who's watching the clock. I'm also ra- you know uh, dealing with clients managing their expectations, you know, so it's one of those things, you're wearing many, many hats and there's a lot of very, very, there's a lot of photographers out there that are much more talented than I am, but haven't been as successful because they can't talk to people or they can't sell themselves. Like I always said to my agent, I said, look, just get me in the room, I'll sell myself and I'll get the job. You're so good at it. Because I believe in what I'm doing and also you're hitting on points that that, you have to think of it from the other side. What would a client want me to say in order for them to feel comfortable with me doing this job and getting right. this job? That's right. the thing. You have to you have to get, sit in the other person's shoes. Mm. What would a makeup artist want to hear me say? Sure. I always I always make a point of acknowledging like the makeup's really beautiful. Yes. Or the hair's really fantastic. But can we just like you know? So you've always got to acknowledge their art mm. and respect what they're doing mm. because um, you know and um, sometimes Tom- it's difficult because I've been in jobs where. The, the the hair person wasn't that talented and I ended up doing the hair. <laughs> you know, that's a difficult thing because at the end of the Shit. day, I want the result to be really good, but yes. the hair stylist had a breakdown and uh, oh, it was dear. a very stressful shoot. And I sort of stepped in because I know how to do hair because sure. I've watched it so many times. It's like, you know, one of those things. At the same time, you've, you've got to do it in a way that's respectful and supportive. Sure. Everybody's got a, a, you know, an ego and everybody's creative. Yeah. They want to sort of feel like they're contributing, you know. So it is, it's a, a real play. And how did you, uh, it struck me that I, I wondered how you approached that conversation with that hairdresser. How did you take over without kind of completely obliterating well, her confidence? Well, kind of walked off the set. Oh, he did. The oh, client, gee. Okay, the client was having a complete meltdown. We're shooting a very big celebrity and um, the client just wasn't seeing what they wanted, but he wasn't really prepared in the way that he should have been. He in terms of He didn't have... The right assistance. He didn't have the right hair extensions, and the and the um, the the client was very demanding, and they weren't really very respectful. And you know, look, I get it. Everybody has a bad day, so you know, you just got to sort of like just step in and do what you can. And and then he sort of ended up coming back on set, but at whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, I have to get the job done. Sure. I know that by the by by six p.m., I've got to have this many shots in the can, and, yeah. and this person's got to look that good. And, you're great, always prepared. You know. I'm sure that you go in and you're you are never behind the eight ball because you know that you your reputation and your desire for good work and good art and to be a support and a a guide for all the people around you is like the, the bottom line is don't freak out. Well, because at the end of the day, if gotcha. I freak out, everyone freaks out. If I become an arsehole, everyone becomes yes. an arsehole. It's, it's always like, from you know, the top. Always. Yeah. So you have to just be really chill with it all. Like you know, like I just make sure the music's good. Everybody was relaxed. You know that the the catering's really nice and and people are having a good time and it's <laughs> yeah. like you know you don't look at the end of the day I understand 
that for a client, see, it's always about where somebody else is, not where you are. Because at the end of the day, this client I'm working with is, um, you know, this is their big day. This is their creative day on set when they've been working towards this moment for the last six months. Their and, asses are on the line. And well, their asses are on the line now more than ever before in this industry. But, you know, I think the reality is, is that, you know, um, you know, when you respect that, you understand that you want them to have a good experience yeah. and you want to listen to them. And, and look, I don't care. Like, you've hired me for the day. Honey, I'll shoot your dog if you pull it out of your bag. <laughs> you know, it's let me 20 bucks. The reality is, is that my job is just to make the best out of what we have to work with and yeah. to give you the best result. And there's, there's no ego in that. It's really just like, yeah. and I'll tell you if something's not going to work and why. You know, and someone says, well, can we do that? I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work because this isn't like, I remember I got a book for a shoot once and it was a, it was a, a body wash shoot, right? For a big client. And it was like a girl with the arms covering her boobs and she was, had foam running down her back and she was in a particular angle. And, you know, they, they had this shot that they'd mocked up on, uh, on this for the, to sell it to the client and the whole thing. And so the client, unfortunately, back in the day, you know, in advertising, they used to sketch uh, like a board like storyboard no they would just sketch the ad like it's a girl oh. it's a girl the back with foam on her back blah, blah, blah. but now what they have to do for clients because everybody's so literal is that they have to actually find a swipe or a, another photograph take that photograph of that girl's back put foam on the girl's back mock it up as an ad and the client says yep I love it I want that ad so then we go ahead and try and match it so they've already got in their head and they've already that, done an ad they've got their <laughs> ad in their head that we bought but the girl they booked had really big boobs so she couldn't actually do the same arm position oh and so they're like um, can we have a bit more of that and I'm like oh, well uh, yeah she's just going to try and so we kept trying to do it and the foam was on her back the whole thing but there was no way she could achieve the same position. And, and the client, uh, they were like, well, this girl's not really in the right position. And I said, well, you should have booked that model. I said, this girl's got really large breasts. It's like, it's not going to happen with this girl. Right. So they ended up buying the stock shot that they originally had used Stop and it. used my foam and dropped my foam into from the oh shot that I did. The girl How the much money boot. did they waste on the attempt? Thousands and well, thousands. Well, it's just, oh no, a lot. It's, they're, they're very expensive shoots. But the point is, Hundreds is that, um, you know, it's that, you know, it's sometimes you've got to let things organically unfold from a creative perspective on the day. It's rather than being too it. locked into the result before you get there. Right. You know, and that's what's missing a lot of the time these days because everybody's just so scared to lose their jobs. Right, right, and, right. They could have got some other beautiful scene, scenario, shape yeah. if they had to just let it try. Yeah. I understand. So it's, that's sort of the where it's going these days. And it's like, you know, I mean, look, the the, the creative world we lived in, we lived in, 20 years ago is not the one we're living in right now in no, any industry. So no. any, anybody who's out there who's, you know, trying to get into film, photography, advertising, music, <laughs> you know, all those industries. We have no advice for you. <laughs> no, all those industries have changed dramatically. My advice to you is honestly is you have to think about how the hell am I going to make money out of this business? Right. Because if you go into any of those fields without thinking about that, um, you know, then it's it's going to be tough, you know, because you've got to have some sort of balance. Either it's a second job and that's a passion uh -huh. that may potentially one day become a or a job or do you have a game plan? Like I'm going to build up a huge Instagram following uh, as a photographer and become a photographer that gets like a lot of commissions from clients that want me because I have a following of 4 million people. Like, what, you know, whatever it is, like what's the game plan? They don't teach that. 
No, they don't teach that. You know, um, they teach how they teach that you want to become famous, you want to have followers. But I mean, I, I'm guilty of that too. Like, I'm just doing this kind of stuff because I love it, but I'm still trying to figure out how to get my head wrapped around how it's going to make any money. Mm. You've always been good at that, and I think that's a that's a teachable quality. Um, and yeah, your your advice for that is just think, do it, think you about it. You have to think of it. You have to come at any creative opportunity as a businessman you can't come in here mm. thinking that you know kumbaya you know it's, it doesn't work that way anymore because there's so many people out there mm. that are just making stuff up in their bedrooms you know like just in a spare room like you know what i'm saying like yeah. you know in a spare room thinking and they're doing really well at it and they're getting a lot of attention and they're getting traction and, and because they're getting, they've got this business mind yeah wrapped and, around and that's it. but you've got to think like that if you're going to go into photography you have to be on social media and you have to build up this following and that's just the way it goes because the the idea of an agent is disappearing right you know the idea of an ad- advertising entity is disappearing right like everything is changing like yeah. the music like and look at the industries of music look at film it's all changing and evolving and mm. so you know there are still ways of you know finding out how i can get have a nice life doing what i love but you have to put a bit more thought and research around so who are the people in this business that are doing well okay and what are they doing yeah look at them look at them and study them them, versus resenting them it's about like okay so how are they doing it and how is it working no one's ever going to have the same voice as you the same opinion as you the same yeah not everybody's going to like what you're saying either and it doesn't really matter and it's like who gives a fuck what anyone says i mean really like i'm sure there's people out there thinking we're just two old fools just yapping away on it but there's a bunch of old fools listening going aren't they great my mum for one oh really She'll be definitely listening oh, to this. Good Mrs. T. Um, <laughs> Love you, Lynn. Was she married to Mr. T? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're the, we're the B team. Um, yeah, so that was that's my advice. I'd say if you really want to enter a creative field, you know, talent isn't really enough anymore. You know, like mm, there's a yes. lot of very there's a lot of people out there that aren't as talented that, that are doing really well. Fuck yeah. Because they did the right that the right moves and they associate themselves with the right things. I mean, I've, I've, that's why I did a lot of, mm. you know, look, I love to be able to use my photography to make a difference. And that's why I've done like five different, you know, published books that have been associated with various charities, each mm. of them and raised, you know, millions of dollars for various charities that I was passionate about. It allowed me to not only cr- like make a difference and support these important charities and organizations, but also to do creative work. With so great I, people. With great people. So that's another thing too. Like, you know, think about it. If I'm doing a, a really great creative project that's raising money and awareness for the environment or HIV AIDS or t- uh, breast cancer, I can then go to that's a right. celebrity and say, will you shoot with me? Because I'm trying to bring awareness to this. And yes. It's I, smart. I just shot Emma Watson for that, um, for Natural Beauty and that, uh, you know, the, 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 po- the podcast, sorry, not the podcast, the uh, web series. Mm called Natural Beauty by James Houston. That's Which is on your website. Free on, on the website and also on YouTube. And your websites are what? Just let us know those. Um, Houston Photo. Uh, yeah, my website is uh, houstonphoto.com is my photography website. And uh, I've also got... Um, Mindspace Design. Mindspace Design is for my interior design philosophy, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some We're point. We're going to get there for sure. And also uh, James Houston Design, which which looks at my interior stuff. And you know, and, and the Houston Effect. And the Houston, which I don't use anymore. You Houston don't, okay. Effect. That was just about me just like you're doing. It's like spouting out yeah. my nuggets of that I've gleaned throughout my life and hoping that that helps somebody else to have a breakthrough or to learn something and Definitely. to help them get from point A to point B. Yeah. 
There was a moment when I was watching your stuff, and I'm sure that as as artists, I've I've come across this too. Like you're in fashion, this is, you know, the leading edge of what's next. Like you're cre- you're you're involved in a business that's creating the next thing, not like oh that's trending, so I'll go get it. You're like creating the shit, and most of the time, it's not even stuff that's like you know, it's not the boob tube. Sometimes too. Um, so there's this shot of of this wonderful makeup artist from France, Kareem, putting a shitload of really weird coloured coral pigment powder all over this beautiful woman's face, almost making her unrecognisable as like a very high fashion model. And I was like, I would have done that and gone, that's ridiculous. There's no way I could possibly, I, I can't, I would second guess myself far too much and not be able to look beyond the the ridiculousness of I've just put a bunch of shit over this pretty girl's face and I'm gonna go that's high fashion like how do you not second guess yourself and go that's that's gotta suck like how can how can you look at it and go that's fresh um I love that that's fresh uh you know what it's interesting that you that you picked up on that moment because like Karim is is like one of the one of France's best make top makeup artists he's an amazing he works a lot for what's French his last Vogue. name Karim Rahman. Rahman. And, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate enough through the work that I've done and the clients that I work with, I've worked with the best artists in the world. And really, they're just so talented and so humble. And, you know, if you can capture their work, I describe it really like a dancer. Like uh. I've shot a lot of dancers and, you know, I, and, you know, I always say that working with dancers is so amazing because they really have such a short window of time where, they, where they're at their peak. And if you can... <laughs> About if you can, two years. <laughs> yeah. If you can get an amazing photograph of them at their peak, it's like such a great compliment to them because it's like yeah. they're the one that, that, that's captured that moment for them, you know. You took so, a naked photo of me at my peak. Yes, I did. Um, and um, have we got, we're going to go to that? Damn it, shit. Can we cut to that? Um, so anyway... Um, there's a uh, with the, with Karim and that and that that it's a it was basically a whole bunch of because the inspiration is is nature, so it's all about pollen and and the whole idea of of, of pollen exploding pollen trees or whatever and and just to sort of you know we did two things one was that which was just like uh, an amazing color um, mix of colors on this girl's face and the other one we did was was a, a girl's eye that looked like a, was inspired it's by a blue butterfly stunning. which was amazing it's so talented and. And look, it's my job to just like not to look at it and think this is too much or this is not too much. And there was a few things where we sort of like pulled back a bit on something because it wasn't right. Uh. Um, and that's just a conversation that we have together. Um, and sometimes he'll try something. And I'm like, look, let's just shoot it and see how it looks. Yes. You know, so you sometimes yep. you've just got to try something out. And if it doesn't work, then you say like, you know, like we, we tried it and let's just maybe try it without that or take a bit of this off. But I'm always about like experimenting with, especially when you're working on something creative, you've got to sort of like just put yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone and just try something new because otherwise you do what you've always done. You're right. You know? You might be surprised, huh? Yeah. And look, you know what? Some of the things you do look terrible and that's okay, you know, because you tried it. And But other things you do really just look beautiful. And, you know, like it's like anything. Being a creative person, you're putting yourself out there to be judged. You know, and and sometimes people aren't going to like what you're doing, and that's okay because it's not about them. Right. It's like you have to just feel proud that you're actually out there doing it, and acknowledge that in yourself, and say, you know what, I gave it. I'm giving it a shot. I'm trying to express myself in a way that that I can feel good about. Yes. And some people will get it, some people won't, and that's okay. I think to your point, it's important to then have if you're in a creative uh, uh, expression 
as part of your work or career to have a why, a why and a purpose. Because if you have a why and a purpose and a and a not even a goal of where it's going to end up, but a why and a purpose as to why you want to create it and get it out there or just express it in the first place, I think that that goes a long way to being a kind of armor for people going it's shit or you suck or whatever. I think it's like, well, I understand you don't understand it or don't get it, but if you're just doing it to be famous or just doing it for something else, I think it'll unravel like cards or thread. Yeah, you know, it's like... A jumper (laughs) with a loose thread. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I think it's hard to... um, You know, doing something creative and putting yourself out there is difficult at the best of times. Jesus. But, you know, you just don't want to, you know, look, at the end of the day, I don't really read the comments. Like right. I, I, I've read, like you know, it's it's funny. Like at one point, like I had my book was on Amazon, and and someone said you should get people to, you know, write comments on the book on Amazon. I'm like, oh, I didn't really even. I mean, I really honestly, I'm like, really, and I didn't even. I'd never even read the comments on Amazon, and I actually went to Amazon Books and had a look at the comments, and some of the somebody. This is the book Natural Beauty. Yes. And it was inspired by nature, all right? So a lot of the makeup was extreme, but it was all about like a butterfly wing on a girl's eye or, or exploding pollen trees inspiring a beautiful look of color on a girl's face. And one of the comments in the, the comments was like, you know, this book is natural beauty and it's the last thing about it is natural. All these people have so much makeup on. There's nothing natural about that. I'm like, oh, you totally missed the point. Right. But it's like, you know, look, as I said to you, you can't worry too much about what everyone else thinks. I mean, obviously you've got to have people you respect saying, what do you think about this? Because then you're really allowing yourself to grow with good feedback. Yeah. From mentors, people who you respect. Yeah. People you respect. You have to, otherwise, otherwise you sort of just, you know, it's like social media, you know, not everybody, it's not, if if everyone doesn't like your shit, it's like, who cares? Horrific. You have to get over that and just sort of like, just do, look at people. I also, I also think it's important to, if you want to be, as I said before, um, with regard to success as a photographer, filmmaker, um, a musician or actor, you know, to look at what other people have done and how their careers have gone, but also look at other people's work yes. and what they've done and how they've done it. And as a young person, yeah, you know, only 5% of artists ever really find their true style. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it, that's definable. Like people can look at a photograph and say, that's a... Herbert or yeah. a Helmut Newton or something. Right. You know, very few people find that. And so, you know, it's like one of those things when you're a young person developing yourself creatively, look at who you love the work yeah. of and copy that work. Read it's their okay. biographies. Read the biography, copy that work and be inspired by it and think, how do they do that? And I'm going to try and do something like that too. I mean, that's what I did with Herbert and people like that because yeah. when I was starting out and then I sort of found my own groove. So you should write your own then because you have lessons to teach. Yeah, I guess I do have lessons to teach. Yeah, you do. Yeah, as like you know, you're you're very prolific in a many different mediums, but always design. Yeah, always design, always design. So next for you, I know, and it's probably something beyond this as well. But your your latest incarnation, I guess, is doing a mindful design of interiors and exteriors too. Like you're redoing people's homes, you're finding anchors for their, you know. Yeah. Well, look, quality. The, the thing about this is like when I first, this is an interesting story. When I first moved to America, I, um, I was like, I was living in a tiny studio apartment. You know, you could basically, you could lie in bed and drink and reach and get a beer from the fridge. It was that kind of small, you know, it was like <laughs> a real New York moment. Hmm. And, um, you know, I was living there and, uh, you know, I was, 
I've been very successful in Australia. I've been shooting for Australian Vogue, doing a lot of covers for them and doing a lot of work for them. And so I'd been successful. So I'd experienced success. And when I came to America, um, you know, I, it was, I was, I guess I was sort of coming over thinking, oh, you know, I'll find my way. And, you know, I went out and tried to find an agent. I couldn't find an agent for the first year. I couldn't find an agent. I just couldn't get an agent. And everybody was sort of say, well, well, what what's what you think because you, you know at the time i was i was shooting bodies i was shooting you know celebrities i was shooting beauty i was shooting a, a little bit of beauty i was shooting fashion i was shooting oh. color black and white studio and outdoors know what the hell and like you what's were? your thing what's your focus oh, and i'm like hell. oh god hang on i don't know they asked me the same thing there's, are you a host or an actor does it i mean I'm, i'll take any <laughs> because there's thirty thousand photographers in new york city it's and it's true. like well, if we're going to market you and promote you it's like we have to know what you think right so of course i was like oh far right i don't know so of course i um you know it took me a, like almost a year to get an agent and when i did and i finally you know started to um you know get sort of sort of some work happening and everything else you know um you know 9-11 happened and you know at that time i i hadn't been working 9-11 happened. I moved uh, um, out to LA because it was New York had just died. So I I watched the Twin Towers fall down. I moved yeah, out me too. To, I we watched, were in the same town at the right. same time. And that was such a surreal time. And I moved out here to LA uh, to sort of get into celebrity photography, which did, didn't work out for me. Um, and then I sort of finally got a call to come back to New York and um, do a skin thing, which was for, um, uh, for Estee Lauder, mm. uh, for Clinique. And that was my first big break. So then I was, huh. and then I sort of started shooting for them, and I started working, and I started working and working. Great. And then after working for about a year, um, my agent uh, basically um, did a run-up. She basically disappeared with your money. With my money. Stop it. So eighteen artists uh, lost all our money. I lost over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> And I, um, you know, you just don't think it'd get any worse. I mean, you know, after all that I've been through Fuck. and then to get to that point, it was a pretty low point in my life. Yeah. And I didn't even tell my friends and family back in Australia what was going on for me because it was just too difficult. Horrific. And also I didn't want to admit defeat. So, you know, I was really at a low point in my life and I was I was li literally back in my studio apartment sitting in my pint-sized bathtub oh. feeling like shit. And, um, you know, I went out to make myself feel a little bit better. better I actually went and bought a small diptych candle. Um, which is a base scent, which, you know, at the time was $65 and I was completely busted. So I basically bought this little candle and I would lie in my bath in the can with this in my pint-sized bathtub, curled up like a fetal position. And uh, I would light this candle and I would close my eyes and I would imagine myself living the life that I wanted to be living. And I could, I would. Surrounded by deep tea. I was surrounded by deep tea with that smell, that scent, and it would really make me feel better. Mm. And, you know, and so. As it sort of started to make me feel, but I'm like, oh well, I'll start to change other small things in my apartment. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll, um, you know, upgrade my toilet paper because I was buying like trucks up toilet paper. I'll, I'll upgrade <laughs> one my, ply. Yeah, I was, I was upgrading my towels to, you know, to a bit more expensive towels, and I was, and then I started to buy a few books on inspiring photographers, you know, and, and slowly my life started to change. Yep. And and then it, I went on and I I started to um, energetics, like you say. I started to you know i got a new agent i started working i started making more money i started ended up buying an apartment and mm. you know went on to become one of the world's leading beauty photographers ah. so you know but what i was doing in my own home was i was anchoring in the success that i wanted to be achieving the life that i wanted to be living by mm -hmm. the objects and elements that were around me so i went on to develop this interior design philosophy um called mind space design mm -hmm. um mind .com. and you know, ultimately what it is, it's very, very simple. We live in homes that represent our past. 
you know, whether you put your home together five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you put your home together based on what was going on for you at that time in your life. Mm. So if you think about the fact that, you know, mm. you're in a dysfunctional relationship, you're in mm. a relationship, you buy five things with that person, a lamp, a bed, a table, a piece of art, you know, a photograph, whatever. And those objects get, get displayed in your home. And, you know, you realize very soon afterwards that that person was totally dysfunctional and was abusive to you and you break up the relationship but you go on living in a home surrounded by those the same those same objects right that actually are influencing you from a subconscious level and they're holding the energy too they're holding the energy into back to that memory that time in the same way you know you might be very unhealthy and overweight have a, a, a kitchen full of just junk food and crap and everything like that so it's there it's accessible it's what you it's what you have from from your day to day it's just like when you open the cupboard it's just like you know crisps you know and just a lot of crap food and yet you have a major like life change that you mm. want to get healthy you can't go on living in a in a kitchen that's still surrounding surrounded by those particular objects and elements because it's just it's not serving you mm. but so many people do we they go on living in a home that represents the past yeah yep. and they don't realize that that is actually really influencing their, their the outcomes in their day, in their day-to-day life yeah. so what i did was i developed a very simple three-step process um which which allows people to change that environment and actually have a, a, a future focused home and very simply the steps are very Excuse simple me. firstly set your goal in the same way that if you want to lose weight and go on a diet, it's like, okay, well, what's your goal? It's like, well, okay, well, I want to lose this much weight. I want to get ready for my wedding or I want to run a marathon or whatever the goal is for your life. Most people in life don't have a real clear goal of what they want. They're what more, they want, what yeah, they, what they they're, want. They're it's more not... familiar with what they don't want. Of course, yes. You'll speak to a lot of girls like, you know, like that are That's single and they're me. miserable and they're like, well, well, like, well, how's it going with the dating thing? Like, oh my God, let me tell you something. Yes. Every guy, guy I date is an arsehole. Story. I don't want a guy who's, a, who's, a, who's, you know, in banking. I don't want a guy who's just come out of a marriage. I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like, great, well, you know what you don't want, so what do you want? And when, when you uh... ask them what they do want, they say, well... He's got to make this much money a year. He's got to be in this yep. sort of career. He's got to look like that. He's, you know, it's it's all based on facts versus feelings. You don't. He, they never say, "I want someone who makes me feel yes, like you know that I can trust them. I, I want to. I want somebody who makes me feel like I'm I'm having a, who I have incredible happiness or full of adventure or yes. whatever. They they don't think of it based on feeling, because when you base it on feeling, you're basing it on vibration. Yes, and that's all this is. So the reality is, first step, set your goal. What do you want in your life in the five areas of your life? And you think about, you know, your health and well-being, your career, finance, um, you know, your relationships and your peace of mind. Like, mm. wh- how do you want those areas of your life to actually feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when you get clear on those goals, then what you can do is look at your home and you look around you it's and you feng see. It's feng ish in... It's feng shui-ish, but feng shui unfortunately is quite dogmatic and fear-based right. like if you don't have your bed turned this way your luck's going to go out that's that way right. or you, if you don't have this done like that then that's going to it's extremely confusing as yeah. well but when you get past the first part you get into the very shape the grid this it's it, bagua but but i can't even i, I try know. i studied it but it was just too complicated and yeah. also it was my it, house it was wasn't built in that asia way. many many years ago and in, when, if you're living in new york city you can't help the, the fact that where your abundance is, is supposed to be in the to- is in the toilet yes. you can't change that around i'm sorry <laughs> not even with a red ribbon <laughs> yes so i just think that doesn't make sense and it's not yeah. very sexy to me so i developed this process <laughs> firstly Excuse set me. your goal um once you've set your goal then clear the clutter and what I call negative anchors. Mm-hmm. And these negative anchors are objects and elements that are connecting you back to a past memory or that. experience that is negative, that holds a negative connotation for you. Yeah. All right. Um, Marie Kondo did a 
a book that was very successful and she's basically like hold it hold something if it brings you joy keep it if it doesn't let it go i don't believe that either because at the end of the day you're the mad cat lady with 12 cats every cat brings you joy but is that going to help you get a relationship no No. so (laughs) my whole thing is you like look at something touch it and sort of say is this connecting me to the future that i want to experience got you that's that's a nice i like that so that's a much much smarter way of thinking about it and if it's not then get rid of it so and then once we've done that we've cleared all these negative anchors uh, objects and anchors is like ultimately is think about okay well um, what are my positive anchors think about the five areas of your life mm-hmm. you know thinking about bringing objects and elements in that are representing where you want to go in your life yes thinking about you know a book about you know if there's somebody successful in your career someone that's inspiring you that should be in your coffee table yes. all right thinking about like you know living plants if you're trying to get healthy and be well like living plants healthy food healthy food in your kitchen is a great positive an- mm-hmm. is a great you know it's like i call them you know focus point these objects that are actually connecting you to particular results in like your vegan home and your life. cookbooks and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you don't use them, they're there to acknowledge and, and um, to an represent something. They're they? inspiring to you. To your subconscious for sure. Exactly. So, you know, the first anchor is a focus point. You know, and all this is on mindspacedesign.com. Yes. Focus points are basically just like it's in things like books on particular things, um, healthy food, you know, very, very specific things that are relevant to success in like for me – if I wanted to think about having a job that was, you know, traveling the world is having a world globe in my house, like something like that. It's like, like a, a full design point. vision board. Exactly. So you're living in a vision board. You hit the nail on the head, T. It's like living in a vision board. I love hammers. So the, the second one is touch points. Think mm. about the fact that I was using truck stop toilet paper. Upgrading to a little bit better toilet paper and having nice bedding and nice towels, you're actually feeling, you know, what I, I deem to be a, a, a more abundant quality abundant. experience. You know, experience. So you're going to attract more abundance by the fact that you know when you're sort of like acknowledging that and saying, "I just have abundance in my life, and I'm grateful for that result." All about how you feel. So, uh, and the next one is an object of abundance, which is basically having an object in each room that represents more value than everything else. Hmm. We often put everything. We often buy everything on a budget. So everything's on a budget. Like Mm. we go to like you know IKEA or West Elm or whatever, and we buy everything on a budget. One object has to have more value than everything else. It says that's where I want to go. Yes, my point of focus (sighs) towards my abundance in my life. Nice, I got that. And and then next one is uh, what I call dream destinations. So, for example, I, you know, I was getting married and I wanted to go on a honeymoon to Morocco. I bought a Moroccan rug and a book on Morocco and oh, ended up going to Morocco. It just happens. Well, it, because what you're doing is, again, like thinking about a vision board is you're yep. putting out a vision into your yes. home and you're acknowledging it. Like, And the secret to all of this, which is the last step, is um, you know basically acknowledging your positive anchors. Mm-hmm. If you do that for th- little as three weeks, just the same way that Pavlov trains dogs to salivate when they heard a bell ringing, yeah. you can actually train yourself to have a particular not subconscious reaction to an object yes. if you've acknowledged it for three weeks. It's little, something as little as, you know, I'm acknowledging this book um, on successful photography. I'm, I'm worthy of, you know, success in my career and I'm grateful for that result right now. Yeah. Feel how that result feels right now, move on. It's the same way that, you know, anchors, are, like think about this, you know, if I've got a wedding ring on my finger, that's just a piece of metal, but I attach so much meaning to it as you do when you see it. If I put a gun on the table, you know, it has a very, very, very strong reaction. It's just it's just an object, but we have got so much yes. of a reaction to that object in the same way that if I sneezed, you would say, bless you, yes. even though we don't need to do there's that no because there's no plague anymore. But we're conditioned responses based on something we're seeing, yes. hearing or smelling yep, yep. or tasting. So in the same way, we're anchoring mm-hmm. these, these the, our future 
Think about your home in this way. It should represent the best of your past, what you're grateful for today, and what you're looking forward to achieving tomorrow. Repeat that. Your home should represent the best of your past, you know, what you're grateful for today, and what you're trying to achieve tomorrow, like your dreams and goals. Because then what you're doing is you're coming home every day and recharging because your home is the only environment that you can control. Yeah. So when you think about going outside your home and dealing with like, you know, annoying people at the bank, horrible lighting in 7-Eleven, you know, traffic, people, noises, they're all affecting your vibration, mm. you know. And if you're in a shitty mood in the beginning of the day, it only gets worse, yeah. you know. So True. it's important to have an environment in your home that is really just reminding you okay so what am i grateful for in my life and what are my dreams and goals mm -hmm. it's very very simple so simple but so remarkably powerful it is and if you have a home that's doing that for you you know it's like it's just you know you can have your home become your a, a huge support foundation for your life yeah that's really what mind space design is all about i love that mm. so what would you what would your advice be for this room then i reckon i've got to change this color wall don't you um you know it's funny i um you know, I think, you know, I think in the, in this place, like, what's interesting is you've got a lot of things going on, just in terms of a mix of things. You know, I do that everywhere. I'm you know, it's like totally. hobbits live here. Yeah, <laughs> no, but you've got a lot of interesting mix of things, and you know, look, it's important for you to sort of think about, like, okay, so when you when I ask you the question, more to you because this is your home. This yeah. is the beautiful thing about this process versus Feng Shui. Yeah, is that like. Now I've just told you that. Well, is there anything in this home that you think represents something in your past that you would want to sort of like remove, or something that you could potentially bring in that would represent your future? Like you want yes. to have, you want to have success in media. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yep, yep, think yep. about that. Like a, a book that you bring on that that is somebody who inspires you, or yeah. maybe it's, you know, maybe it's something from your old success as from the from the show. You know, I see what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're doing that you're then bringing in or maybe it's a quote that's relevant to success in this particular career or yep. something like that, you know. And definitely plant. I want to get a hanging plant that takes over some Yeah, parts. a plant would be good. But see, this is really, really great. What's happening here with this particular, that's a great anchor. He's talking about the little photo board. I take a photo of all the um, guests that come in with a Polaroid and we stick it up with the date. So it's like a collection of... Yeah, but see, that's a great anchor to have in terms of, you know, like imagine you know that you know what you would might want to stick up there is a picture of like people that you would fantasy want to interview like, yes do you know what i'm saying like got it do you know what i'm saying like other people like that i like, like that do you know what i mean whether it is jane fonda or you know perfect like, you know what i'm saying doing so, it so that's that's a really great anchor for you to have and when it's you exciting. acknowledge it you know you sort of say like you know like you know um i'm so grateful for the success that i have in my career i'm so grateful that i spend time in interviewing these people and and i and, uh, and i'm worthy of that result in my life mm. If you acknowledge that for three weeks, you're already creating a subconscious anchor towards the success you want to have in this career. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. That is such beautiful, uh, you know, very powerful advice for people who are. Oh, we just lost a light, but sorry. It's okay, I've uh, just gone dark. For people who are, you know, are who are artists and are trying to figure out how to, you know, find their way forward through the bloody minefield that it is. And so I think anything that's got a, a spiritual base to it, something that can bring you right back to the seed of you, because everything else is just going to pull you away. But all that we all have that is uh, that is common and the thing that will get us through right to the end is, you know, the connection that you have to the beauty of you, the uniqueness of you. It's very simple and it could just be like one word that, you know, you need to be your trigger. But um, I think you really do tap on that and I think you're a delight. <laughs> 
Thank you, sweetheart. It's been a pleasure to be here. You're such an extraordinary alien. I'm sorry you're in the dark. <laughs> That's okay. He's in the dark, please. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been James Houston. You can find him on um, these websites and, uh, yeah, leave him a good comment, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye, honey. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Show!